were listening to Ouija Broads. This is Devin. This is Liz. And Liz, today I want to tell you about two underground mysteries in Washington State. I like how we've just fallen into doing two an episode when we mm-hmm. don't think they're long enough instead mm-hmm. of like making our own lives easier and just doing one topic <laughs> per episode, even if it's 20 minutes. <laughs> we can split this up or I can just tell you about one of them. Um, but no, I, I, I prepped exactly the same way where I'm like, thematically, I'm going to link these two together. And I think we just started that with the earthworm one where I'm like, yes. this isn't long enough. I don't know what we're doing. It's a story about the world's longest earthworm. However, it's not actually a long enough story. Um, I, yeah, I like too, because I feel like I'm really good at transitions and about making stuff you know, fit together thematically, even if it's total bullshit. So um, (laughs) these two stories have balls to do with each other other than they're Washington and they're about, you know, a hole. So maybe I'm not that good at fitting stuff together. Maybe those are pretty obvious. I wish you could see my face when you're just like, they're about Washington and about a hole. And I was just like, ooh, what? That's what my face communicated. That's why your face communicated. Well, it's not that hole, Liz. Jeez. I live all the way over. (laughs) No. I'm going to start. I can't handle you right now. (laughs) Oh, and I stole, I stole your, oh man, I was going to tell you a joke. I forgot what it was. Okay. I stole what you did last time we recorded where you, what's it called when you do part of the backstory before you get to present day and it's like you I don't know you're setting the scene or there's some movie terminology for that kind of setup right isn't there sure All right. like a like a like when when in Jumanji they have the section that happens in the 60s and then the movie yeah. moves to like the 90s yeah. and then the movie happens and you're like bam like all the 60s stuff happens and then bam Jumanji's on the screen so you really feel like the first part wasn't part of the movie it was just exposition oh, yeah. you know the cold so, open cold well see i knew you'd know the term all right. Well, you did it Somebody's going to message us and be like, that's not right. Oh, do you want to do that joke we were both going to steal and use on each other? <laughs> yeah. But I forgot what it was. <laughs> what was it? Hey, Devin, you, you want to hear a joke about ghosts? Yeah. That's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that one. Yay! It's so good. So it was new to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I Let love it. Let me tell you the one about the horses again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a good audience. You can just recycle all the material you want. What's, the, what's the one about the horses? For legit. Oh, the, I told you they didn't look too good. <laughs> the blind horses. <laughs> that was good, too. <laughs> Oh, it's going to bother me, though, that I can't come up with what I was going to tell you. Oh, my gosh. I need to get back to my actual story, though. About Washington holes. About Washington holes. And the two stories, one is real, archaeological, geological, paleontological. And the other one, as far as I can tell, is a big bunch of urban legend baloney. But it's still worth telling you. Um... 
Do you have a preference for which order? I think you want to go with the real one first. I think I do want the real one first, but I was just sort of appreciating all the adjectives there. I just got onto an ontological (laughs) role. You did. I wanted to jump in, but I couldn't think of anything. I was like, it's systematic. Hydromatic. Grease lightning. Systematological. Systematological. Yeah. Grease to lightning. Logical. Um, logical. Well, Liz, what I would like to tell you about that is all those adjectives is the Blue Lake Rhino Cave. Have you heard of this? No, I'm just trying to parse those four words to be like, the lake is blue, the rhino Mm -hmm. is blue, the lake is a rhino, the cave is blue. Go on. (laughs) I mean, those are all good guesses, and they're probably all true. And actually, you you do know about this cave because I talked to you about it when I said we should go to the Burke Museum when you visited me in Seattle, but I'm really glad that your memory is as bad as I am. Because I don't oh, want you I to know about you're this. About yeah, it. right. Okay. Well, for everyone playing along at home, they don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to assume, so I'll tell them. It's 1935, and there's a group of four friends that are hiking along a basalt cliff above Jasper Canyon, which is at the east end of Blue Lake in eastern Washington. So basically... Okay, so blue modifies lake. Blue modifies lake. If you take Washington and you cut it in thirds... Uh, no, thank you. Ca- <laughs> Picture it in your mind right now. <laughs> Damn it. Cut it in thirds in your head, uh, in columns, and then slice it in half laterally. And where it intersects the lateral and the rightmost slice is where Blue Lake is. Pretty much. Okay. So it's middle of the state, but eastern Washington. Anyway, they're hiking at the end of this lake, right? What time of year is this? Next question. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't know. But it's not, I know it's not winter, and I know it's not raining, because this trail is horribly treacherous even in the best of conditions so i'm going to assume it's late spring summer because this trail is nothing but narrow ledges it's really slippery shale and then there's a 300 foot drop down into the lake um they're up there looking for petrified wood and i didn't know that it was so difficult to find well what else are you gonna do you know this is a double date it's two couples it's 1935. It's Eastern Washington, my friend. I mean, One I don't of these even. Days you're going to intro something like that, and it's just going to be a murder story. <laughs> 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 like, so they're walking along a basalt cliff, 300 foot drop into the lake, and these two couples. <laughs> and the, yeah. And well, oh my you god. Hey, honey, you wanna you wanna go on a date with me? Well, let's go look for petrified wood. <laughs> no murder. That's. It sounds like a pickup line I would use. Yeah, come to a second location. I got some stiff wood we're gonna find. It's old, but you can blow off the dust. Count the rings and see how old it is, baby. Um, Do we know anything about these people? Are they like college kids or? They're not important. They're just setting up the story. Uh, fine, they're cowboys. Um, they're cowboys. So we've got four cowboys. I know that they're probably older than 
high school because when they find a really cool ass thing that I'm going to tell you about, they have a professor friend that they can take it to. Also, Liz, they're looking for petrified wood. Yeah, Dr. Jones. You know that these people are wearing all khaki, that they've got Mm -hmm. their little pith helmets on, that they've all got the super round glasses. And I mean, a lot of pockets on their clothes. So many pockets. Wall to wall pockets. Yeah, it's nothing but their pockets have pockets in them. Um, Okay. Think about it. I got the picture clear in my brain now. Think about that a kangaroo has a joey in its pocket, and that joey also has a pocket. To flip around its dick and put it in so it doesn't get caught in the brush. Okay, that's not how kangaroo pockets work. That is how thylacine pockets work. I remembered. (laughs) You remembered. You're on to marsupials, but thylacines are the ones with the backward shaping pouches so that they can tuck their junk in it so that the brush doesn't fuck it up. Okay, okay. So these two couples are walking along and the guys have their dicks in pockets. Oh, you want to hear about the story now? (laughs) (laughs) So these, these, these two dudes with their dicks in their pockets, and the ladies who apparently aren't worried about being murdered by their dates, um, are on this hike on a narrow ledge. You figure this is not going to be worth it. It is not a good date until they stumble upon an oddly shaped cave. Now, this cave is a depression in the side of the cliff, and it's like this big seven foot long jelly beaten shape with four little pipes sticking straight up from it. And if you picture an animal on its back, you know, like the fake cartoon dead animal with its leggies all sticking up in the air. That's what this cave looks like. And the the whole crew actually remarks on like, Oh, this is a bizarrely shaped cave. It kind of looks like a funny cartoon dead animal. Weird. Are the pipes in a row, or are, like, two of them flush with the outside wall and two of them inside? Uh, they're two and two. Three are on the inside. The back left pipe is kind of what they've entered through. Oh, okay. Um, the cliff face broke off, so, um, yeah. I, I'm going to spoil it for you. Turns out this cave was made by a... Um, what the fuck is the word I'm looking for? Turns out this... <gasps> yeah, right? Okay, we're going to cut that a little bit. Turns out this cave was made... No, fuck. I want to... I don't want to... Okay. Cut that. Do you know I'm, how hard it is not to Google this while you're telling me? Uh, right? Right? Uh, I don't know how to tell you that without, like, telling you what it is. Okay, well, just tell me whatever you want to tell me. Okay. You can cut out all that bits. Kay. And I'm just going to tell you, it does look like an upside-down animal. The whole crew remarks that it looks like an upside-down animal. And even when they get in the cave, they find uh, some bone fragments and an animal jaw with some teeth in it. And they start thinking, well, wow, this is kind of interesting. Let's take the bones and let's take the cave description. And we're going to go back to our buddy George Beck, who's a paleontologist at Washington State Normal School, which is now Central Washington University. That's good we had at least one normal school for a minute. <laughs> you never would have gotten in. <laughs> um, so this buddy of theirs, Beck, he and his assistant visit the cave, and they're like, hey, cool, you know what? This cave is shaped like a dead animal on its back, because guess what? It was made by a dead animal on its back. 
Seriously? Yeah. And the cave formed when lava encased the carcass of this dead dude and then hardened around its body. Oh, my God. And yeah. then it rotted away in the lava state. That's exactly right. Uh, the, what the folks were doing was they were actually, the cliff face had sheared off and had revealed an entrance into this cave that was the back left haunch of mm -hmm. this animal, which turns out is a prehistoric rhinoceros. Get out! So that's why it was like seven feet long. That's why it was seven feet long. We had rhinoceros in North America uh, only 15 million years ago. We had rhinoceros in this area. This particular one that created the cave is thought to be a male Dicerotherium, which is a double-horned relative of modern rhinos. Oh. So what scientists back then and scientists today think happened is that 15, 14 million years ago, this rhino was chilling on the Miocene prairie when an eruption from the Priest Rapids flow began. And this was a series of eruptions happening, you know, like in Montana in that whole um, Yellowstone corridor mm -hmm. that was happening for decades one of the flows happened and it made it as far as blue lake so they think that the rhino was on the prairie this flow happens and it gets pushed toward the lake uh because of the the lava flowing in okay. now it can't escape poor baby is stuck between the lake and the lava and probably dies from the heat and the poisonous gases oh so little buddy dies his body Flips falls over yeah Dies, yeah. flips over like a cartoon, or like, do you remember when I had hedgehogs and that's just how they chilled oh God, on I their backs? I had hedgehogs. Those little assholes. They were, anybody listening, don't get a pet hedgehog. They're cute. They are probably awesome pets. If you're not a teenager who gets really tired of being bit by her hedgehog and then just glares at it a lot, um, don't do it. But do mm -hmm. Google images or videos of hedgehogs on their back because they're precious. Yeah, I don't think people appreciate what it was like before the internet. If we wanted to see a hedgehog be cute, you just had to get a hedgehog yeah. and wait. Yeah, you had to come over to my house and be like, Devin, your cat smells like sawdust. Or your cat. Whoa, my cat doesn't smell like sawdust. My room smells like sawdust because I have a hedgehog covered in sawdust in it. Yeah. I... <sighs> Where am I going? I don't know. That's what this rhinoceros like looked like, Bid. Ah, words. What are they? <laughs> no one knows. We're going to try that again. So. <laughs> so. Um, little buddy dies. Falls into this lake and floats upside down. So the basalt, when it hits the water, ends up cooling around the carcass it hardens in that shape, and of course the carcass eventually, after millions of years, deteriorates and left behind a few of the bones, and then the cavity that is literally shaped like a dead rhinoceros. That's amazing. When you were telling me about this, I think we were just both fixated on the photo opportunities with my kid, and I did not mm. understand this aspect of the story at all. Yes. Because when you said Blue Lake Rhino Cave, I did not expect an actual rhino to feature <laughs> anywhere in the story. 
I thought this was like <laughs> I was down in Colorado and they had um, a bunch of rock formations in some park. I can't remember. Yeah. But two of them were called the Kissing Camels. Oh. And indeed, when you're in high altitude and have been like sweating for a while and you're dehydrated and you look at these two, I could see where people came up with Kissing Camels. <laughs> But it's more impressionistic. This is literally a rhino. This is literally a rhino-made cave. Yeah. Um, and it's a cool cave. It's a cool enough cave that those scientists went, shit, yeah, we need a cast of it. We got to show this to everybody. So they haul a buttload of plaster, you know, out to the middle of central Washington, but fuck nowhere, and they take this giant seven-foot mold casting of the inside of the cave. Um, it's, like I said, over seven feet long. And it does go back, you know, rhinos are fatties, so it goes back like four feet, right? Mm-hmm. They manage to extract it. They get it down this cliff face. Um, and you're taking too long to tell me how the cast is going. <laughs> the, the, cast, the cast ends up, it's fine. Um, okay. Because they, they made sure that they coated, I read it was a soapy, buttery substance that they coated the cave with to make sure that the plaster didn't stick to I it. Was, I, and I, okay, so I thought they just, I thought the hole only revealed like the leg part. How did they pull that thing back out? I don't know. I don't know. It's not, it's not only the leg, but it's that flank area, apparently. the point at which I can Google a picture of Go this? for it. Go for it. Okay. But what you're going to find is that the cast goes to Berkeley, California. It's there until a while, um, but then gets shipped up to the Burke Museum here in Seattle. And oh, Cooley City. Okay. Yeah. The really cool education curator Burke had in the 70s and 80s, um, Arn Sledeback, I think was his name. Um, but Arn was like, this thing is radical. We can make an interactive display in our uh, exhibition. <clears throat> Excuse me, in our exhibition. So he used the cast to recreate what the cave looks like on site. And now it's in the Burke Museum and you can go crawl into it. Yeah, this looks 110% like a dead animal shape. Absolutely That's does. impressive. Yeah. Oh, but don't scroll down too far because you'll see po- poached rhinos. Mm, I don't need to see that. No, nope, I'm going to stay right here where I'm at. Um, yeah. So how neat is that? I've sat in the fake cave. I haven't gone to the real cave because that sounds like a pain in the ass. But I did curl up in the fake cave and it's pretty darn comfortable. That's amazing. Like if I was this living 10,000 so cool. years ago and I was a cave person and I found this cave, that would be the one that I called shotgun on. For sure. Yeah kind of cradles you you know it's got ample room plus you could hide stuff up in the legs you know or yeah. you could bring in a bunch of i don't know other cavemen and pile them on the bottom and then you could lay on them and try to stick your arms and legs up all the tubes just to see if you could yeah or like depending on how tall it was maybe it would be like oh when i feel like lying down i have this section but if i really need to stretch out i'm going to stand up into one of the legs you can't it's not that tall it's probably only about four feet like I couldn't even kneel in the cave and not have my head hit the belly of the rhino but people were shorter 10,000 years ago because people I don't like so being wrong shorter. So. no you're never wrong my buddy I've actually been to Cooley City you could have just said Cooley what? City I didn't know <laughs> I, that's the first I have heard the word Cooley City referenced 
in this I know there's story. only like 500 people who live there but okay. shout out to you Cooley City <laughs> we could be Cooley City what's I, mean, I used to work in rural health <laughs> <laughs> yes you did oh, yes oh you did but that's the story mm. of the blue rhino Kate late oh, shoot try, try again. again but that's the story of the blue lake rhino cave it's Amazing. a naturally formed cave out of pillow pillow basalt that formed around, you know, dead little duber. <laughs> That's a scientific term. <laughs> what is it? A rhino. I knew what it was. A <laughs> dead little duber. Nope, a dead you little duber. Right. Yep. That's so cool. That's got to be one of the best molds of such a creature that we have. It's a really unusual type of fossil. It's actually called, I mean, you nailed it. It's a mold fossil. And that's when minerals form an outline of an animal, but they don't preserve any of the soft tissue or bones. It's almost um, like Pompeii or something. Yeah. Herculaneum. Yeah. Um, if you want to, if you're so inclined to go see the actual cave, you can. There's a visitor center uh, called Dry Falls Visitor Center near the, the trail that leads you to the cave. They have some of the actual bones, and they have a small-scale replica of not only the cave, but what they put the rhino in the cave. So it's even easier <laughs> to visualize. It's really cool um, to see what he looked like in that pose. Um, but it's everywhere you go that talks about getting to this cave says, oh, my God. Don't do it unless you are in incredible health. You take a ton of water. People know where you're going. You're not afraid of heights. You don't have any heart conditions. Uh, and your will is made out. Because it's oh boy, pretty difficult to get to. And there is, like I said, there's a 300-foot drop. I'm just going to go to the museum. Museum's great. And it's air-conditioned. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. What a great story, Devin. Thanks. That's my real story. Are you ready for my urban legends story? Yes, I like the urban legends. You know about this one, at least surface-wise you know about this one, because you included it on our Lost Treasures of Washington state map that you did all the research Ah, for. Yes, we just got those, actually, when I came home. Oh, it made it already. Yeah, yeah, you sent me one uh, no writing and one writing one. So I'm keeping the no writing one for me and I'm giving the writing one to Matt because he didn't get to see all of it. Oh, how sweet. Oh, good. Um, I'm really impressed with how they came out and I'm so glad that so many people took advantage of the pre-sale. Yeah. That was really cool. Uh, Did The shipping is okay? Are they super dinged up? No, they look fine. Good. Good. We were able to use a local printer for that, too. It's one that uh, my brother has used for his own artwork, um, his own posters, and they're Spokane-based. They're at least Washington-based. I think they're near Spokane. Nice. So that makes me happy. We're supporting other local folks. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So do you want to guess which... Because you've told me about a couple of whole... <laughs> I don't know how to say this. You've told me about a couple of holes in Washington lists. Sure. Uh, the the rainbow room is closed these days. So. <laughs> Do you want to guess which hole I'm going to tell you about? I was on the, um, the ghost tour and the tour guide kept 
talking about, I felt like a jackass, like I may have been a little tipsy, but <laughs> they kept talking about like the rainbow lounge or whatever. And eventually oh I was God. like, oh, the rainbow room. Yeah. Like the sketchiest strip club. Yeah. Get it in right. Spokane. Yeah. I know what the fuck you're talking about. Get it right. <laughs> yeah. Not a lounge. What are you talking it's, about? No, it's not a lounge. Let's not say that. That's. Yeah. That's like the dimly lit bar in a large Chinese food restaurant. That's what you call a lounge. Like China South had a lounge. Yeah, um, exactly. No, Rainbow is very different. <laughs> okay, so I have a guess. It could be the old Spaniard's Mine Treasure, which is in a cave behind a waterfall. It could be. It could be the Poor Grader's Farm Treasure. It could, could be. It could be... Um, the temporary disappearing lake because that uses a lava tube. But my guess is that you're going to tell me about Mel's Hole. I was so close to telling you about Mel's Hole, but I kind of, I kind of wanted you to tell me that story. Um, Cause I just, I don't know why I really wanted, I envisioned you saying Mel's Hole a lot and it made me really times. happy. 50,000 okay. times. So instead, I would like to tell you about the 13 steps to hell. <gasps> oh my gosh. Okay, so we were looking at the map and Matt was like, I don't know what this one is. And I was like, okay, anyway, I gotta go. <laughs> we're gonna go take <laughs> Matt, this one's for you. <laughs> I'm doing the work of your wife right now. So <laughs> you're welcome. Well, then you know um, some of this, but I will set it up for folks that don't know the 13 steps to hell is i'm going to call it an urban legend because liz i'd really love your input on this i don't think <laughs> i don't believe it i don't buy it Ooh, okay um, just any of the whole thing I, I i know that there's a cemetery the cemetery exists I do believe that what people thought, you know, the 13 steps existing is possible. I don't think it does what everybody says it does. So I'll tell folks what it says it does. And okay. you can tell me what you think. Um, but the 13 steps to hell, they're centered around Maltby Cemetery, which is a cemetery in northwestern Washington. It's right on the Snohomish King County border, practically. If you search for Maltby, you find that it's not a city. It's actually an unincorporated community, mm -hmm. which is just bizarre to me. I didn't know that you could be something that wasn't, you know, a city or a town. Um, but it's got about 10,000 residents and was founded in 1887. This cemetery supposedly is the original cemetery for what was the town of Maltby, which is now the unincorporated community of Maltby. Um, that's what folks say is that it was for the first settlers, but the first grave in it doesn't appear until 1908. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Because yeah. certainly the issue of, you know, we're settlers, we're going to have a little graveyard and, or a little cemetery, and we don't want to put it a million miles away from where yeah. we live, but then... Within a generation or two, the town grows out and you need that land. Like, that yeah. happens. But yeah. you probably would have a headstone. You'd have something. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it was, you know, the backyard burial that <laughs> a lot of pioneering families, homesteaders did. 
or what. But as far as anyone's aware, this is the oldest cemetery in Maltby. It's now located on private property, and it doesn't have a formal name other than Maltby Cemetery that I can confirm, but apparently it's also sometimes referred to as the Paradise Valley Cemetery. Um, don't Google Paradise Valley Cemetery because every effing state has a Paradise Valley area. <laughs> and you won't find the one you're looking for. So if folks want to look into this themselves, just check out Maltby Cemetery. I found a really good reference online on a cemetery recording website. So this is more fact-based. They aren't talking about the legends. They're talking about the plots that exist there. Mm -hmm. And here's what the recorder, Tammy Goodall, who investigated this cemetery, says of it. She says, This old cemetery is often called the Paradise Valley Cemetery. It was apparently the cemetery for the town of Maltby. The first burial appears in 1908. The last burial was in 1985, according to the stones. The cemetery is now on private property, not open to the public, situated on three terraced hillsides, which is very difficult to get to. One needs permission to visit it. It is very well maintained and has some stones which appear to be replaced, showing the good care it is receiving. That would be tough having graves on your property. I think it'd be difficult. Um, it would, I mean, it would depend if they were family. If they were family, it'd yeah. be different. So. My grandparents uh franny and pat my dad's parents had mm -hmm. the original homesteaders who built their 1700s cabin the bliss family they had their family cemetery on their land oh wow you had to go about a quarter mile through a cornfield and you reach this like the only hill in southern illinois <laughs> was this tiny little mole hill and there was a big tree there i remembered but anyway that was the cemetery and it probably had 20 graves if i remember correctly with the old stones wow. so that like you said if it's a family cemetery that never creeped me out as a kid mm -mm. um but i don't want you know just whatever like all the town residents hanging out it feels different to me like you said if it's a family cemetery mm -hmm. um but anyway the prevailing legend of the 13 steps to hell is that somewhere on the cemetery property, there used to lay a hole in the ground with 13 steps leading down into the earth. Some people say that they visited the steps um, in the 70s or 80s and that they led to the door of a wealthy family's crypt. Other people say that they were just steps that were cut into the ground. This is another reason I have a really hard time believing this is everybody has different accounts of what it looked like. Mm -hmm. And if there's not even consistency in what steps were doing there, I'm like, yeah, like I was the with them down into a crypt. Yeah. An mm. underground crypt An underground crypt. See, and I can't, mm, I have all kinds of problems with it, but that's one of them. But the idea is that these stairs went down into the earth. And what everybody said was that if you walk down to the stairs, you were walking into hell itself. So as you descended these stairs, first step, second step, the noises of the outside world start to fade. And you're getting to the third step and the fourth step, and you're feeling the coolness from the earth, and you're getting more and more disoriented in the fifth step and the sixth step. Now you really don't hear anything from the outside world. But what you do hear are these faint screams 
and moans. And as you continue down, you're maybe at the 10th step now, and you're actually probably getting pretty paralyzed and unwilling to continue further. But if you make it all the way down to the 13th step at the bottom, if you turn around and look back up the stairs, you see hell itself. You see a vision of your own spirit in hell, say some people, or just demons and writhing figures. Other folks say that instead of looking back and seeing hell, when you reach that 13th step now in front of you opens up hell. And sure. you see the, the wailing, damned people there. Mm-hmm. And either you were supposed to go insane from this vision, um, or you returned to earth changed. Uh, some people report children going down there and they return comatose or they, I don't, how do you return comatose? You gotta get the fuck up the stairs, <laughs> They right? woke up yeah. dead. They woke up dead. Um, yeah. Um, or some people, they claim, went down the stairs and were never seen again. All right. I yeah. will believe in so much shit, but I can't, do it, dude. I can't do it. And then when you look at most of the information on the 13 steps to hell, most of the info is coming from internet forums, which we all know is like a bastion of irrefutable evidence and Mm -hmm. total truth. And maybe this is, I'm sure it's, I I feel kind of shitty about this. I'm, I'm sure it's actually classist and ableist of me, but a lot of the accounts are so poorly written Mm-hmm. That I really, I mean, you could tell me that you went to Starbucks and you bought a large coffee and then you came home and nothing happened. But reading the way these people write would make mm-hmm. me think that that story was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so well, here, I'll, I'll make it a little more approachable. Some people write like they're 12 and Some you people... believe them about as much as you believe somebody who's 12. Yeah. Yeah. God bless my kiddo. When he was 12, he told us that he had been learning about his third eye from videos on YouTube. And, you know, Jason, my husband, kiddo's dad, was just like, oh, my God, whatever. And I'm hitting Jason being like, no, dude, be open to it. It's cool. So <laughs> let's figure this out. And Jason goes, okay, kiddo. So, you know, tell me, like, can you open your third eye? And Jonah goes, yes, I've, I've figured out how to open my third eye. And Jason goes, all right, cool. What have you seen? And kiddo goes, mostly just my kitchen. <laughs> amazing so i believe that 12 year old story i don't believe this 12 year and so many of these stories dude so many of them are like oh well we were teenagers and we were drinking beer and smoking weed and we went to the cemetery at 1 a.m and there was something there man and we couldn't figure out what it was and it scared the shit out of us and i'm like yeah you were fucking high and drunk like yeah, what and teenagers, it, which and is teenagers put together. Oh wow, what did you expect to see? Like, yeah. Oh my god. So, I'm going to tell you a couple of these entries because they tickle the shit out of me, and yes. I don't mean to. I guess I do mean to make fun of people. Is that bad? Can we put no, that on the show? Make fun of them and get us some uh, some firsthand reports here. <laughs> So ghostvillage.com has an entry for the cemetery with people sharing their own experiences. And one of the entries is really big, but it's so poorly written and convoluted. It's not the entry that's worth reading to you, although I'll paraphrase it. It's the comment that it 
Bond. But the entry is this, you know, this user Wally World says he and his girlfriend visited the cemetery as high schoolers in the 80s and that there was this set of pillars on the property that they said was the entrance to hell. It wasn't the stairs. It was them walking through these pillars. And they go through the pillars and they experience the whole, like, now you can't hear anything and it's all misty and they get scared and they try to cross back through the pillars but they're paralyzed and they have to crawl through the pillars and when they get to the other side their friends are like oh my god you were gone forever now you can hear us let's run to our van and get more high and Mm -hmm. it's a totally worthless anecdote right but here's what i love um a user called honeyfire wrote and said wow that story was scary with three exclamation marks I can't be, be a leave. You experience something like that, and your girlfriend is okay now. Does she have nightmares? Because I am a girl, and I would have ran so fast. You all would have thought I was Spider Man. LOL. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you ran so fast, Liz. <laughs> you would have thought she was Spider Man. <laughs> Known for his running. Known for his ability. <laughs> Pick any pick any other superhero. You would have thought I was the Flash. Okay. You would have thought I was Superman faster than the speeding bullet. (laughs) Like you literally picked a superhero whose way of getting around does not involve his feet touching the ground. (laughs) You would have thought I was Spider-Man. Oh my god. So (laughs) a different forum, Real Haunts has another, another inadvertently funny entry, and it's because they describe the place. Uh, they say that it was it's the burying ground of a satanic family. But they sure. say, called the 13... <sighs> let me try that again. They write, called the 13 steps to hell. It is said that once a person walks down the stairs, they perish instantly. Others who have barely made it out alive have reported seeing their spirit in hell at the bottom of the steps. It is reported that one man ran across the cemetery and was scared so badly that he was never seen again. Like, just like Spider-Man. What? He was, it's like the ugly barnacle story. Have you read that? No, what? There's a kid's, there's a kid that wrote a story that was turned into a meme, you know, because they turn it into, like, kindergarten, but they had to write their own story. And it was, one day there was a barnacle, and it was so ugly, everyone died. The end. <laughs> <laughs> that's how this reads. He Amazing. ran across the cemetery and was scared so badly he was never seen again. Like, you you skipped a step in there, storyteller. Like, yeah. did he join the air force? Did he like fall in a hole? Did what? In what way did him? No, I'm sorry. He, he just vanished. He vanished from fright. It was like Wiley e. Coyote running mm-hmm. off a cliff, dude. He was there one minute, and then it was a puff of smoke, and he was gone the next. Yeah, you can just scare yourself so bad that instead of your hair turning white, all your molecules vibrate out of sync with the universe <laughs> and you're gone. You're just gone. You, much gone. like Spider-Man. Much like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, if any of these stories are true, current paranormal investigators are going to be super bummed out, dude, because the steps were apparently filled in sometime in the 1990s or 2000s. That's why I put them on the Lost Things map. Proud of you. The cemetery is still there, but we don't know where the location 
of the steps is. People still go out with metal detectors and shovels and beer and weed and try to find them. So far, no luck. Metal detectors, huh? You know. They're rich teenagers. <laughs> I'm just like, what of these these stone steps? <laughs> <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's nails or something in them. You know, sure. to keep the stones together. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good point. Well, if there's anywhere you should just start shoving your shovel around, <laughs> trying to figure out where stuff is, it's probably a cemetery. cemetery. <laughs> oh, I found one. Oh, it opens. Oh, no. Oh, shit. This <laughs> is the first time I've ever hit one. Is that what they're supposed to do? these urban legends because they're completely the kind of thing that when you are young and you hear them you are like oh okay i'm just gonna file this away oh, in yeah. my understanding of how the paranormal works in the world that i live in which i don't have enough information about because i'm new yeah oh yeah and then you become a little older <laughs> or maybe just have more sense at the same age and you're like wait so satan so there's a, a way to get into and out of hell <laughs> But they couldn't do it until they had these steps in a unincorporated community cemetery. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. in the logic of this, is is that like an in use staircase for hell, <laughs> or is it just there to like trap humans? Listen, Lucifer was not an urban planner. Okay, he was an angel. Yeah. This was not his forte, and he was just like, well, shit, we gotta have an egress window. And you some know, stairs in case of fire. <laughs> we'll use these stairs that were going to a crypt or possibly question mark. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just right there's good enough. Right there. Because, like, with the thousand steps, there's some mystery about why they're there. But, like, yeah. they clearly are going from one place to another, not just a short distance into the ground. No, they're going, yeah, from the bottom of a hill to the top of a hill. Why? Yeah is the mystery, but they're there. And like you said, there's, I mean, there's some kind of logic to it. I don't want to climb up a hill. I'll take the stairs. Yeah. These stairs just went straight down, my friend. (laughs) But at least unlike the thousand steps, it wasn't a misnomer, you know? Yeah. All the urban legend is quite literally 13 steps and hell. Okay. Well, this is kind of like the whole thing that I can't remember if I let, ooh. Dropped my microphone. Put that uh, anywhere. This is like the whole thing that we talked about with a thousand steps about um, what was it called? Like Lucifer's seat or something. Mm-hmm. The, devil's, the devil's chair. The devil's chair. Yes, ma'am. This comes up a lot with the urban legends, so we just want to explain something we see. So I yes. guess when you first st- were saying that you thought it was all bullshit, I thought you were saying you didn't even think there had ever been any steps. And I don't. I think there were steps. Okay. Of some kind. Excuse me. Yeah. I guess. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm going to give them that one. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that there were steps. Yeah. Yeah. What were you? You were going to link it into Satanism? No, I was going to link it into dumb teenagers. I think <laughs> <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive, but no. I don't. I got some Satanist friends that are real stand-up folks, and they're not dumb teenagers, so, you know. <laughs> no, but Satan was like, you're not my real dad. You're not my real dad. I'm going to rain in hell, okay? Jeez. 
I'm going to my room. Go to my room. I'm gonna go make sure I connect up a wing of hell to these stairs in the middle of nowhere. To Maltby Cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Course. And then, I mean, does that mean that's as far as hell goes? Like, we, I thought we had the crust and the mantle and, you know, magma and all these layers in geology. And apparently you barely hit topsoil and boom, you're in hell. My brain as well wants to experiment with this. Like, so presumably they kind of, I'm picturing them going down into the earth in like a rectangle hole. So what happens if you jump to the bottom of the steps from the other side? You break your femurs. (laughs) 13 (laughs) steps then. I mean, that's 13 feet. You assume. Is it? No, steps aren't. Ah, no, that's half of 13 feet. I was wrong. Yeah, good point. In my head, I was thinking, you know, like 13 feet into the ground, but the rise and run of stairs is not a foot. So mm-hmm. you figure, say it's seven feet down. Like, you would, I am not a tall person, and you would barely cover my head with dirt at the very bottom. That is not a little scary. trampoline down there and jumped onto it and bounced oh, back up. Oh, man. That's how you figure it out. Up. Yeah, or you just, like, lower one of your friends in there on a a cord of some kind. Like a sandlot? You make this... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You make a pulley system, an elaborate... um, What is that? get more information. (laughs) And then you pull him up and you don't untie him until you're sure he's not going to vanish from fright and never be seen again. (laughs) He ran away. Like Like (laughs) Spider-Man. What is... What is that called? The device where it, the mousetrap game. What's the word for it when it's a convoluted series of things? A that, Rube Goldberg thank machine. Thank you, a Rube Goldberg machine. You end up making that mm-hmm. to lower your your whiniest friend down in that <laughs> hole. You're like, yeah, what up, Roger? Just tell us what you see down there. Mm-hmm. Keep us posted. You hear any screams yet? No. <laughs> no. Nothing. Need a Gatorade or. <laughs> Well, and that Roger's not supposed to be able to hear you, so you're going to have to communicate a different way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you think they took maybe walkie-talkies? Oh, that's a good idea. Because then if there's this weird hellish force field, maybe the walkie-talkies still work. I don't know. It seems like a really good way to end up with a haunted walkie-talkie. <laughs> These things yeah, are iffy in the at best. I was going to say, I think all walkie-talkies are haunted on some level. <sighs> the last walkie-talkies I seriously played with were in, like, the mid 90s and we were just starting to get cell phones or not even cell phones but cordless phones yeah you can sometimes hear people's conversations on them yeah we um played a game at lincoln park where mm-hmm. a group of people had a walkie-talkie and then one person hid with the walkie-talkie and they had three minutes to hide anywhere in lincoln park which you know is huge you mm-hmm. know um you had to get three minutes away if you wanted to hide somewhere far away but then the person that was hiding had the walkie-talkie and they would give riddle uh clues so that you could find them. Um, and we so often picked up baby monitors and construction <laughs> workers. And there was one time somebody else must have had a walkie-talkie. But they were close enough they could see us and we never saw them. But they fucked with us over that walkie-talkie oh. until we got scared enough we left. And, I mean, we were high schoolers. So, well, yeah. Um, you, like you said, your brain's not done cooking. You were pretty susceptible. But I wasn't like 10. You know, I was 16. I was 
And I was a fat 16. Like, I was big enough I could have taken on some people just in sheer, you know, mass. So having people describe the clothes I was wearing, though, over this walkie-talkie and I could <gasps> not see them freaked oh, me the fuck creepy. out. Yeah. No, that's yeah. very upsetting. So Didn't you used to, like, pick up voices on your phone at home, too? I had a radio when I was five that I got for my fifth birthday that picked up satanic transmissions and I had to beg my parents to get rid of it and they were like it was a birthday present you need to appreciate it and I was so terrified of this thing they were finally like well if you're not a big girl and you can't have a radio in your room at night you don't get one and I was just like awesome fine take it I hate Mm -hmm. it get it out they still use it they still use it but I twice I woke up and they say it was a dream and I say it was a real Thing, and it was this dude being tortured and you could hear the dude being tortured and the torturer this is a little oh intense God. for a five-year-old to come up with but yeah anyway my parents still have this haunted ass radio and i don't know why they kept it whoa didn't i feel like I, there was something though about um you would be on your cordless phone and you would hear people talking to you you're making me sound pretty awesome right now. I don't remember that. Oh. I don't rem- I mean, I it it reminds me of feeling like that makes sense, you know what I mean? But I don't mm-hmm. remember it. Like I feel like, oh yeah, we must have gotten somebody else's phone calls or something. Oh, um, it's just tickling the tip of my brain. Okay. Wow. Yeah, me too. But let's pretend that that never happened to me. Um because A, it's kind of freaky, and B, it makes me sound like I'm much more psychically, spiritually in tune and cool than I actually am. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, you want to outro us? That was good. You bet. Um, I don't want to cut you off if you're not done. I'm done. That is... Okay. I, well, okay, no. Let's, before we do that, cut that part. Liz, what do you think about the story? Do you think the 13 steps existed? I think there were stairs, probably. Yeah. That's about as far as I'm willing to go on that one. <laughs> I'm glad you came to the same conclusion. I think that yeah. our listeners should definitely Google it and read some of the stories. Um, but like I said, 90% of them are drunk or high or both teenagers in the 70s and 80s fucking around at night on private property. Yeah, and I feel like we're usually pretty willing to give the benefit of the doubt to the spooky stuff just because yeah. it's more fun. But this is all over the place, man. This, yeah, I have a hard time with this one. Um, <laughs> I would love to hear what anybody who listens to us thinks. Because if you <laughs> have reason to to really believe in this, I want to know what it is. I just can't. I can't come up with it, dude. Yeah, I don't know. All right, I'll out, I'll exit us. I'll outro okay. us. I almost said slate again, which you know is my favorite word to say when we're doing <laughs> recording stuff. Okay, <clears throat> you've been listening to Ouija Broads. We would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also find us on the Podbean platform. We're on social media on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. And we have the OuijaBroads.com as our personal website. Right now, we've got stickers. We've got Lost Treasures of Washington maps, both with descriptions and without, that if you check us out on Facebook, you can 
look at. If that's something that strikes your fancy and you want to buy, we are happy to take your money and give you some pretty cool artwork in exchange for us. I think they're really cool. I'm looking forward to putting it up on my wall. I I hope you share on social media when you do so I can see how you've decorated yeah, well, I got to do my thing where I go to a thrift stop, a thrift stop, yeah, a thrift store, and find just the most baroque curly cue <laughs> frame I can because that's that's my jam. Well, you need a real fancy frame. These are eleven by seventeen, so that's gonna be pretty much a statement piece. Yeah, once you get that baroque <laughs> frame on it, my friend. And I like what I like. <laughs> <laughs> you got good taste. But no, they're really cool. We've got a lot of stuff that we've mentioned. So um, it's not just a summary of stuff we've covered on the show, actually. I think we've covered only a couple of the topics that are on the map. So you're going to learn about a lot more cool stuff, actually, if you get the map. Yep, absolutely. It's a cool way to look at Washington State. I think our next one is going to be cryptids of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. Okay. That's going to be fun to illustrate. So just so you guys know, I think it's really cool. These are definitely a tag team project. Liz does on this most recent map, Liz did all of the research and I did the drawing. So it's pretty cool that we can both contribute to that. Yes. I think we work well together. I think we do as well. Um, We work well in this life and hopefully in the next life which is my segue into we hope that all of you live weird and die weird and stay weird. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Good stuff. Okay, now can I try some of these buttons? Do it. Yes. You hear that? (laughs) I hear that. That's beautiful music. I don't have any buttons. (laughs) (laughs) What? buttons is this like a little soundboard so that if i was really on the ball i could have uploaded our intro sound and then played it and then we could have talked over it because <laughs> oh i think the theory is that you can just do like all your production in the thing just right here can you yeah. can you upload you know a rim shot kind of thing and so you know That. That's not the same as but um ching. That one's just like bam. It's like you're punching a drum. It's a little, oh, a little too exciting. Yeah, it's too too much. <laughs> it's pulling focus, and I won't have it on this show. <laughs> Damn woman. Okay.